Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM. Channel 127, welcome to Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. I'm John Fugel saying, for the next couple hours, we're going to be with you right here on Channel 127 at 866-997-4748. We would love to hear from you. From today's Washington Post, the economy is roaring, immigration is a key reason. Momentum on the job market picked up aggressively over the past year, all while Washington deadlocked on a border deal. But it turns out immigration has propelled the U.S. job market further than anyone expected. It's helped cement the country's economic rebound from the pandemic as the best recovery of any of the G7 nations, as the Post puts it, the most robust recovery in the world. And the Post says the momentum picked up aggressively over the past year, about 50 percent of the labor market's extraordinary recent growth came from foreign-born workers between January 2023 and January 2024, according to an Economic Policy Institute analysis of federal data. Oh, the Economic Policy Institute. Well, they're all raging leftists and reds, aren't they? Uh, Even before that, by the middle of 2022, the foreign-born labor force had grown so fast that it closed the labor force gap created by the pandemic. That's according to research from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. Take a look at Japan. They have an aging population. And God bless the Japanese, but they're, they're getting older. They're not reproducing as much. Uh, South Korea is looking at the same kind of problem. And the, the problem Japan has, though, is they're an island. No one's immigrating to Japan. They're not getting new people. America, we're always getting new people. And when an adult arrives in America ready to work, I know they make you very terrified when they say able-bodied men crossing our border. Yeah, they're, they're coming here for jobs again. As we explained to our friend Dr. Phil in a taping today, we'll get to that later. They're crossing the border for one reason. We are handing out jobs. So when able-bodied men arrive at the border, they're ready to start working. They're ready to enter our workforce. Legal or undocumented. We don't have to pay to educate them. They are here to start working, to start paying taxes, and to start paying into our Social Security system. Folks, we're not having as many babies in this country. It's gotten more and more expensive to live here. And someone's going to have to change the diapers of all these Gen Xers and Millennials down the road. You know what I'm saying? Someone's going to have to feed them in the nursing homes a couple of decades from now. Immigrants want the gig. And here's the deal. They're going to come over our border, whether we like it or not, legally and illegally, because there's always going to be employers who don't want to pay American workers a living wage. It's an ugly hypocrisy that we're all a part of. But can you imagine? Imagine for a minute how much produce or meat 
would cost in this country if they didn't have those gosh darn illegals the Republicans try to make you so mad about working in our agricultural sector, working in our meat processing plants. It's all a racket. About 50% of the labor market's recent growth came from foreign-born workers in the past 12 months. So, we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation about immigration today and every day for the next year. But there's a lot else going on. Nathan Wade's former divorce attorney testifies in the Fulton County hearing over Fonnie Willis's misconduct allegations. Didn't go that well. Senate Democrats are challenging Republicans with a bill to protect in vitro fertilization. I never thought we'd come to this. And two men were finally convicted 22 years later in the killing of Run DMC's Jam Master Jay. Tonight on the show, we're bringing you some of our favorite regulars. Professor Corey Brechtschneider will be here very shortly. The Rude Pundit in hour number two. And comedy daddy Keith Price. Uh, polls are now closed in Michigan. Donald Trump is probably going to defeat Nikki Haley, and he's probably going to lose about 40% of the Republican vote again, and the media will scream about how much he crushed her, while ignoring the fact (laughs) that he's losing a third of his own party as an incumbent. Meanwhile, a protest vote could tarnish Joe Biden's Democratic victory, but he'll still win, and who knows what kind of fire a protest vote could light under him. We're going to learn a lot about what the next few months up till Election Day will be from tonight's Michigan Republican and Democratic primaries. In the Democratic Party, it's the uncommitted campaign. It's a test to see how much Biden has alienated Muslim and Arab American voters. Keep in mind, this is Michigan. The mayor of Dearborn is Muslim. They have a huge Muslim population and have for decades. That baseline is about 20,000 votes. And if you're a Democrat, you cannot afford to alienate 20,000 votes in one of the most important swing states that exists. And again, with Trump, 40% of Republican primary voters showed up to oppose him in South Carolina. Let's see how bad it looks. And we'll bring you updates as we get them. But right now, let's let's talk about the star of the day. And that is Trump's feeble little Johnson. (sighs) Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is about to steer the country into yet another government shutdown. I, I almost didn't know what to call this. Trump's powerless Johnson. Trump's limp Johnson. That's too obvious. But it. it Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, Let's talk about the stories we keep on hearing day after day. Well, Donald Trump's legal troubles keep getting worse. So let's talk about Biden's age. Uh, That's a good one. How about uh, this one? You heard this one lately? Well, another Donald Trump attempt to delay one of his court cases went down in flames because it's all based on fucking lies. Yeah, that happened today, too. Also, uh, gun violence is still the number one killer of American children. So conservatives have to scream about trans kids playing sports. I know, right? All the greatest hits of our decade. How about this one? Stop me if you've heard this one before. Congress is trying to avoid an expensive government shutdown because the right-wing Republicans won't agree to a budget, so we keep hitting a fiscal stews button and kicking that can down the road for a few months at a time until the whole thing flares up again. Yeah. Let's talk about that one. It's Groundhog Day here, and things are about to get potentially a lot more difficult for Americans faced with the thought of another scary, costly, stupid and completely unnecessary government shutdown. Government workers who aren't totally financially secure are already terrified the Republicans are going to do this for the third time in three successive presidencies, unless they strike a deal in D.C. to advance another continuing resolution or uh, an actual budget. Government activity related to about 20% of the federal budget is going to shut down at midnight on March 2nd. And then a week later, on March 9th, government functions dependent on the rest of the budget. 
will stop. I mean, this is terrifying, not just for our own budget, but for addressing Ukraine, for addressing the ongoing crisis in Israel and Palestine. Here's Joe Biden earlier today on the importance of keeping the government funded and addressing Ukraine and Israel Hamas. Welcome back to Late Night. We're here with President Joe Biden. Um, You mentioned some classified materials, some uh, documents recently leaked, some classified documents. And this isn't a gotcha show, but I do want to ask about it, that says you are currently 81 years old. Who the hell told you that? Yeah. That's classified. That's classified. All jokes aside, according to recent polling, this is a real concern for American voters. How do you address that concern going forward as you come up to the 2024 election? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you got to take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't remember his wife's name. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, That's not the clip that we were planning on, but I'm glad we played it anyway. That was Biden last night on Seth Meyers having a good time. Not looking too nervous. Did you watch? Did you see the clips? We'll be playing them throughout the show. He was really loose, really having fun. And it was very another part of a very busy schedule for this man who the media keeps telling us is too feeble to find his shoes. But let's let's bring it back. Uh, the House Republicans right now, they don't want to keep the government open. They want to focus on their agenda, like investigating the president over bullshit claims they know are bullshit or impeaching the secretary of Homeland Security. Because they differ in policy and there's no actual crimes they can impeach him for. They want to do nothing about climate change. They want to do nothing about gun violence, the ever widening rich poor gap. They want to do the important stuff, getting the gullibles mad about trans kids and brown immigrants. Now, members of the Freedom Caucus, they don't want a continuing resolution. That's what they do to temporarily extend the government funding at the current levels. And they really don't want a spending bill that would fund the government at normal levels that the majority in the Senate and the White House would like. So what comes next in this newest, latest, dreary shutdown drama is solely up to House Speaker Mike Johnson. And this little Johnson is stuck in a hard place. It's, it's going to be his call whether to reach a deal with Democrats and avoid a shutdown and enrage the right wing part of his base or to listen to his right-wing base and pick a fight. Shut the government down. It'll look great for them if they do. If he compromises on a passable spending bill, there's going to be mutiny and possible removal because one member can call for that. If he does the lazy thing and defers responsibility by putting us through another continuing resolution, mutiny and possible removal because one member can call for that. And if he gives the hardliners what they want, well, our government shuts down, America blames the Republicans, and it helps Biden. I mentioned they're stupid. Did I mention that? The hardliners? Four days to go until federal funding, my friends, partially runs out. So today, Joe Biden summoned Johnson, Vice President Kamala Harris, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, and Chuck Schumer. I know, right? That crew. Name this band. He had them all come to the White House today where, according to Schumer, they begged Johnson to take up the foreign aid supplemental so further Ukraine funding can go through. Schumer said this is one of the most intense sessions I've ever encountered in my many meetings in the Oval Office. Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has looked like that ever since he opened up the Ark of the Covenant and saw what's inside, he told reporters that the meeting was mainly focused on keeping the government open, which he thinks we can all agree on. And Speaker Johnson made it unequivocally clear that he wants to avoid a government shutdown. So they came out of this meeting. And they seem pretty optimistic this could happen. Here's Hakeem Jeffries, where he says Democrats are committed to fixing the issue at the border as well. 
we had an open and honest and a candid, firm discussion about the border. We all agree that we have a broken immigration system and there is a need to address the challenges at the border in a thoughtful, bipartisan way. As Democrats, we support a safe, a strong, a secure, and a humane border. We just need our House Republican colleagues not to play politics and engage in political stunts relative to the border, but to sit down, as was done in the Senate, and enter into good faith discussions about fixing our broken immigration system. As Democrats, we stand ready to do just that. You know there's Republicans who heard that, and he totally lost them on the word humane. Humane? To, to immigrants? Why'd you have to go woke, you social justice warrior? And of course, because we care about democracy in this country, and we oppose illegal murderous wars of imperial conquest, and we honor our NATO allies, we want to help repel Vladimir Putin's genocidal death march through Ukraine, right? Here, here's, here's Janet Yellen saying the House must pass this Ukraine aid bill. The House of Representatives must now act to maintain budget support for Ukraine to enable Ukraine's continued heroic resistance and to protect our national security interests and the values we and our allies and partners all share. Unless you want Ukraine to become a Russian suburb, Schumer said we made it clear to Johnson this was so important and we couldn't afford to wait a month or two months or three months because we'd likely lose the war. NATO would be fractured. At best, allies would turn away from the United States and the boldest autocrats of the world would be emboldened thinking that the United States was this soft, fat country that had lost its way and they would take advantage. And so we said to the speaker, get it done. Now, the Pentagon is saying that this $60 billion Ukraine aid package is important to Kiev's chances of resisting Putin's murderous rape and slaughter and the Senate passed it and it's gathering dust in Mike Johnson's desk. He continues to block any kind of Ukraine aid, even though he's getting it from the Pentagon and Republicans in the Senate and Democrats. Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates said Speaker Johnson is siding with Putin. The foreign minister of Poland issued a stern warning to Johnson, making it clear if the aid package does not pass and Ukraine has more setbacks and more slaughter, the blame would fall on the speaker. But the speaker's caucus is controlled by Donald Trump, which means it's controlled by Putin. Now, our friend Mary Trump reported today in her excellent newsletter, which you all should read, uh, that in 2018, Johnson got campaign contributions from American Ethane Company, 88% of which was owned by three Russian nationals. So uh, three payments, not quite enough to say he's bought and paid for. But why? Why is Mike Johnson siding with the hardliners? who want to see Vladimir Putin play Hitler. I mean, these are the exact people. The ones saying, oh, Zelensky should take a deal. Friends, if, if someone breaks into your house and rapes your wife and kills your child, how many rooms in your house will you give to that person to live in so he'll start being nicer to you? That's the Republican argument for telling Zelensky to take a deal. Deal with, make a deal with Putin to give away some of your, make a deal with the country that's invading you while their troops are still in your land and slaughtering your people. 
I mean, did you ever imagine the Republicans would be this weak? In a way, they're completely consistent. They loved imperial invasions of choice when Bush did it, and they kind of like it now when Putin does it. They pretend they're anti-war. They're not. They're always pro-authoritarian. So Johnson's in a tough place. Kevin McCarthy got fired because he worked with Democrats to avoid a government shutdown way, way back on October 1st of 2023, the old days. And Kevin McCarthy's the one who allowed the rule changes to become speaker that lets one member raise a motion to vacate, vote against the speaker. And keep in mind, (laughs) Trump's little Johnson has a much tinier majority than Kevin McCarthy because there have been retirements and they fired George Santos, whose seat was then taken by a Democrat. So how's Mike Johnson going to weasel out of this? By making it all about the border crisis Republicans made. Here's uh, Trump's little Johnson changing it to the border. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe, in uh, maybe 20-something states over the last several weeks, going around the country, uh, appearing at events with my colleagues, and we're hearing from the American people of all parties and all persuasions in all cities and all states who feel this acutely. They understand the catastrophe at the border is affecting everyone, and it is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and, and again one-on-one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. Yeah, so it's the border. Remember, it was going to be the supply chain issues, and then it was going to be inflation, and then it was going to be Hunter Biden's laptop. Now it's going to to be the border now. And Johnson's walking around still saying, well, Ukraine aid has to be paid with border security funding. But he himself already rejected the Senate border bill, which was draconian. But it would have helped. (laughs) So here's the deal. The Republican Party has caused this surge because they keep spreading this open border lie. They say it. It's repeated. The coyotes say it. They repeat it. They are inviting people to rush the border with the open border lie. And then they blame Joe Biden when the people come. Donald Trump never legislated any solutions to the border, not even with a majority. The border was porous forever. Under Reagan, it was porous. Reagan gave amnesty. Reagan called for open borders. It was porous under Bush, porous under Clinton, porous under Trump. Por- ever, ever, it's been, always been full of holes. Ever since we stole it from Mexico, it's always been. Ever. So now Donald Trump is responsible for the open border, all right? And the MAGA cult is all frothy about it because he ordered Mike Johnson to kill a border bill that would have hired so many extra border personnel and judges to deal with the influx of migrants. It would have made it so they're not hanging out here for years waiting for their asylum hearings. And Joe Biden tried to make it illegal to cross the border without prior asylum claims in Mexico, but our judicial system said that was illegal. He tried to be like Trump, and they shut him down like he was Trump. But this administration has deported more undocumented immigrants in three years than Donald Trump did in four. So don't buy the lies you're hearing from our right-wing friends. Mike Johnson says the borders are top need, even though he killed the bipartisan border security legislation weeks ago because Trump told him to, because Trump wants an open border to campaign on. So he told Mike Johnson to kill the bill. Trump's little Johnson wants us to think he's powerless. I can't get a Ukraine aid bill passed. I can't do it. That's not leadership. That's a tell. That's letting us know how weak you really are. So if he gets fired the way McCarthy did, well, it's going to show how chaotic and divided his party is. It's not going to help him. Not going to help the party in November. Johnson's a little bit like Walter White with Gus Fring and Breaking Bad. Oh, you might want to kill me, but you kill me. It's going to kill your whole operation. So next week is Super Tuesday. 
that on Thursday, March 7th, Joe Biden will give his State of the Union address. More than a year after Republicans took back the House, what have they given you? What have they done for their base? What have they done for conservatives? You know what they've done in a year? They've censored Adam Schiff and they've censured Rashida Tlaib. They impeached the Homeland Security chief, but not for any actual crimes. They hired two speakers, fired one, and they keep extending the budget that was passed under former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. That's it. And very soon, Tom Suozzi will be sworn in and he will take the Republican majority in the House down to one. Tom Suozzi, who got the George Santos seat. As of tomorrow, (laughs) Trump's little Johnson has a one-vote majority. This November comes, this chaos continues, all you guys got to do is flip two seats, and then welcome Speaker Hakeem Jeffries. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We will be right back. This is Progress. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. So now Senator Tammy Duckworth is planning to dare the Republicans to block her new legislation that protects IVF. She's going to um, try to pass the bill with unanimous consent, and it's going to fail. She says her doctor's decision to discard her non-viable embryos without her consent would have potentially been considered manslaughter or murder after Alabama's ruling. Tammy Duckworth had her two daughters via IVF. And I love Tammy Duckworth. I wanted her to run for president because she's everything Donald Trump hates in one person. She's a woman. She's a vet. She's a minority. And she's disabled. She's a quadruple threat. Here is Tammy Duckworth, clip A2, where she says, how can you be pro-life but not support IVF access? You know, I was stationed in Alabama for a bit when I was in the Army. In fact, it's the home of Fort Noversell, the home of Army Aviation. I didn't know it at the time, but my infertility would become one of the most heartbreaking struggles of my life. My miscarriage more painful than any wound I ever earned on the battlefield. So it's a little personal to me when a majority male court suggests that people like me who are not able to have kids without the help of modern medicine should be in jail cells and not taking care of their babies in nurseries. I know I'm not alone when I struggle to understand how politicians who support this kind of policy can possibly call themselves pro-life. 
Now, how does this IVF ruling connect to a possible national ban on abortion? And how organized is the system trying to link it? For more, let's go to the smartest man in any room he finds himself in, Professor Corey Brechneider, who, of course, has written amazing pieces for Politico, The New York Times, and Time Magazine. He teaches in the poli-sci department at Brown. Get his book, The Oath in the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents, at your favorite bookstore. Professor Brechneider, welcome back. It's great to have you. Uh Thanks, John. Pleasure to be with you and, uh, you know, some disheartening news and uh, possibly some more for the future. So we'll have to talk about. Yeah, it's really shocking. And, and the legal ramifications of what the Alabama Supreme Court has declared are both terrifying and hilarious. But l- let's let's <laughs> begin. I mean, you, you do believe that the IF, IVF ruling in Alabama is directly connected to a national ban on abortion. Yeah, I've been saying since uh, Justice Gorsuch was nominated to the Supreme Court that there is a wing of this court that is engaged in a kind of theocratic reasoning, is how I put it, that they really aren't worried about using religion as a basis for imposing law nationally. And the most uh, clear example of that, I think, is when it comes to the question of abortion. The Supreme Court had, of course, long held that um, the, that the fetus was not a person under the Constitution, mm. and that therefore the right of privacy included the right to abortion. That's Roe versus Wade and Casey. Right. Now, when that was wiped away, the official reasoning, the official holding was that states are going to decide. But what I had been saying, you know, before that was not only that, of course, they would get rid of Roe and Casey, but that Justice Gorsuch and others, uh, Thomas, for instance. Uh, have a much more radical agenda, and that's to regard the fetus the way the German constitutional court did as a person entitled to equal protection of laws. And that means that if there are laws, as every state has, against murdering um, uh, uh, born persons, then also if the fetus is a constitutional person, they'd have a right uh, to not be murdered uh, as equals. That was my argument. I published that in the New York Times, and I showed that Justice Gorsuch in his dissertation, basically, if you read closely, that that's what he was saying. Uh, His dissertation and first book are about the um, right to die and why there really is no right to die, because um, old people and young people have equal rights uh, under the Constitution and equal rights to have murder laws applied to them. That struck me as a thinly veiled way of arguing for a right to life of the fetus. And he actually says in the book that if the fetus is a constitutional person, yes, absolutely, this would require a national ban on abortion. And his dissertation advisor is the only Supreme Court justice with a PhD uh, in philosophy. And his Supreme Court, sorry, his uh, dissertation advisor, John Finnis, is famous for making Mm -hmm. that argument. So that was my point. Now, a lot of people, when I published this, you know, got a lot of attention. And I'd say one of the main reactions from progressives and not just from conservatives was that I was being paranoid. And now I think you start to see that strategy is all there. I mean, what was the quiet part is now out loud in that Alabama uh, ruling, and I'm happy to unpack it, but they really say exactly uh, what I said that the Supreme Court was going to say. Now, this is, of course, the Alabama court, but it's foreshadowing, I think, what's to come. And more, more than that, even though the Dobbs opinion is really about the state's rights to decide and it's holding there's a lot in there about the right of life of the fetus. And so yeah. I think if you just read read it closely, you, 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 you see at least where this court wants to head. 
Some members well, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, we we discussed this. You wrote a great piece yes. in the New York Times yes. uh, back in seven years ago. Gorsuch, abortion, right. and the concept of personhood. And my God, sir, I, I'd like to say you're psychic, except it, it's not that surprising and it's depressingly predictable. But you wrote back then, the Roe decision expressly excu- excluded human fetuses from that definition. You wrote in 2017. As the court put it in 73, the word person, as used in the 14th Amendment, does not include the unborn. That doesn't matter anymore as precedent now, does it, Professor, since they had their way with precedent exactly. with Dobbs ruling? Yeah, that's right. They, they, they scrapped all of that. And now the question is, are they going to say, OK, states can decide or are they going to say the fetus is a constitutional person? And so there has to be a national ban on abortion. The Alabama court, by the way, considered this, too. And they highlighted that argument that it's not just an Alabama constitutional decision or Alabama law. It's a national um, right of life of the fetus. And they didn't quite uh, say anything either way, but they certainly teed up the issue and and got it ready for uh, for a national uh, fight uh, for a right of life of the fetus. Of course, to Congress, if Trump wins and there's a Republican Congress, could easily pass a national right to life bill, uh, just as Alabama had a version of that. And, um, you know, then I think uh, we don't even need to see the Supreme Court Act. That would that would be an act of Congress. So there are a lot of roots, I think, and that we should be worried about if if Republicans can continue to go in the direction they are. And Alabama is really foreshadowing that. Were you surprised by what the Alabama Supreme Court did? And where do you see that going? It seems like Donald Trump is one of the Republicans who knows how bad that is for them uh, nationwide. And uh, Nancy Mace as well. And we just saw earlier today in Florida, the Republicans there, they just stopped their bill that would give given uh, the unborn child new protections because they were afraid it was too similar to the Alabama ruling. It seems like after losing so many special elections on abortion rights after Dobbs, the Republicans have realized, hey, uh, the dog caught the car. And yeah, taking <laughs> reproductive rights away from women doesn't help us with people who don't already like us. There certainly was a warning and lots of races that should have gone the Republican way went, went for Democrats. And I think a portion, you know, for people who in the 1970s, it was a huge issue and it's becoming a huge issue again. And I don't think it's a winning issue nationally. For Republicans, but let's not lose sight of the fact that they're not going to back down because of that. The base is so committed to this, and a lot of it is being dictated by the courts, and a lot of it is on the books already. So let's take a, a kind of dive into the Alabama opinion. I mean, they cite this law uh, creating equality for fetal life when it comes to murder, and they apply that equally to the uh, uh, to the uh, in, in vitro fertilization case. Uh, they have a part of the Alabama Constitution that talks about the sanctity of life that they added right. uh, somewhat recently. So this stuff's already on the books, and I think the train has kind of left the station, plus the base, um, as much as Trump might see the writing on the wall and going this direction and how dangerous it is. Uh, you know, it's he put those judges there, and yeah. uh, those constitutional uh, claim uh, entitlements of the fetus are there. And so I, I think it's too late for them to back down. And wow. yes, I hope it leads to their defeat, but, but we're headed to 
to more of this, not less. Why it's it, it's almost like the MAGA movement doesn't really think shit through all the way, Professor. Um, <laughs> I, I put together a list of complex legal questions that I'm trying to figure out. Like if if now an embryo is a person, according to the Supreme Court of Alabama, and by the way, you know the name of the justice who who wrote this opinion, uh, Tom Parker, the same as the clown who managed Elvis's career and ruined Elvis. That that guy. Um, if a fertilized egg is frozen for 18 years, can it vote, Corey? After if a fertilized egg is frozen for 21 years, does it have a right to buy beer? Is a shelf full of it. frozen embryos legally a preschool in Alabama? Do embryos get social security numbers? Oh, yeah. Can you bring it's, child it's, abuse charges against an embryo? I, I mean, I've, I've like, what about inheritance law? I mean, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, on the child abuse, the answer is clearly yes. You know, that really is what this is about. That destroying an embryo or harming it is is a crime. And people who are trying to, you know, to in the process of doing science or have children are are potentially guilty of child abuse. And I, I see prosecutors wanting to cater unreal. not to a national constituency, but a local one. They might do it. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but that is exactly where we're headed and let's not forget too you know other countries have done this the german constitutional court did this uh, certainly the alabama supreme court is already doing it and it's going to keep going yeah um so so yes <laughs> all i know is Corey. i'm gonna i'm gonna make a lot of frozen embryos and i'm gonna put them all in alabama so i can deduct them all as dependents on my next tax return i have figured <laughs> the whole thing out by the way, can we point out here that Al- Alabama ranks number three nationally in the highest rate of infant mortality? Alabama's where 44 out of every 100,000 children die before growing out of their teens. I mean, you, you know the difference between a, 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 an embryo and a baby, right? Um, you, you, you can freeze an embryo because it's not a baby. I mean, at what point do adults in this country stand up and say... My God, this is killing us, and it's not even backed up by the Bible. Yeah, the the hypocrisy, the the desire to you know to protect fetal life, but ignoring you know children uh, is it's grotesque. And uh, you know, also if there really was, I mean, it's one common point in, the, in this debate. But if there really was a concern about fetal life, that we'd have to focus so much more on miscarriages would be. One of the greatest, you know, tragedies that had to be stopped at all costs, and there would be totally. all sorts of things that were consistent. Uh, one thing about religion that I, I have to mention, because you asked, Please. you did ask about whether or not I was surprised by anything in the ruling, and I wasn't surprised by the decision. I, I saw it coming, and I've been saying that for for a long time, as you've said. But what I was surprised about is how they said the quiet part out loud, and what I mean in particular is. God is all over that opinion. Usually, just try because of our First Amendment ban on official religions, on these uh, laws respecting an establishment of religion, almost always, you know, couch their arguments in publicly accessible mm-hmm. reasons and mm-hmm. uh, not in reference to revelation or scripture. And that's not at all what happens here. This really is theocracy in that they're saying that we have to reason specifically from the Bible in protecting fetal life. And they don't make any bones about the fact, they don't try to hide the fact that they really are making theological, and I've said theocratic, by which I mean they're trying to take a particular religious view and impose it on the rest of us. And, uh, you know, I think that's dangerous. Of course, religion has a huge place in public life, and we should celebrate it, and we should celebrate, as you 
often do actual Christianity, but not this form of it, which is a, yeah. not just a corrupt form, but, but one that really has no place in, 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 in legal opinions. Uh, exactly. They have the Word of God that they can impose on the rest of us. Exactly, Professor. And again, speaking of the Word of God, let me just point out, Jesus never mentions in vitro fertilization or abortion, but he's against the death penalty. This is the same Alabama where just two weeks ago, the state legally murdered a person um, using nitrogen gas. The first time anyone's ever murdered a person using that particular kind of poison. And it was botched and it was torturous. And the man thrashed about on a table for 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to do it again to, the, to another guy in Alabama because they're so pro-life. It's just <laughs> stunning. Yeah. Unfortunately, the hypocrisy is stunning within the abortion argument and then, of course, across every policy domain. I saw you had Sister uh, Prejean on uh, uh, yesterday, I think, and I was thrilled to see that. Of course, a a stunning advocate for the actual right of life, the right not to be killed by the state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll admit I have a thing for nuns for personal reasons, but I'm crazy about her. She's the, she's the best. Uh, Corey, let me, let me shift a bit, but by asking one last question here, the GOP is going to back off of this, right? I mean, they know this deal is a loser, and and they know that Roe v. Wade getting gutted helped them only with the people who are already voting for them, and now they're going to be losing a lot of elections that they should have easily won because of it. I mean, they know they can't push this anymore, right? Certainly, some of the GOP, the professionals, the you know the pundits, the staffers, the strategists are all going to say that, and some politicians who can think you know beyond their most immediate constituency. But you know, I think it's very complicated because, as I said, the base is really out there—not just on board with the Trump fascism, but a kind of Christian nationalism. It's so deep it. party right now that um, you know it can't go away and. There'll be an internal struggle between wanting to survive as a political party and to win the election. And, you know, I think Trump will push in that direction, certainly. I don't think he has any devotion to uh, the right of life. And when they explain to him how dangerous that is for his reelection, you'll see him pivot pretty far away from it. Um, of course, he's <laughs> not in any way a serious Christian. Uh, it's just <laughs> all um, uh, instrumental. But, um, you know, I, I don't think it'll be easy because of these rulings that are going to be coming down uh, in the future and because of the uh, insistence uh, to the degree that these ideas are now enshrined in the Alabama and, and other constitutions. And, you know, we've been laying this groundwork for a long time in the uh, anti-abortion movement, and they are not satisfied with the idea of a state-by-state solution. Their view is the fetus is a person, full stop. And that That's right. movement is so intertwined with the modern Republican Party that they can't just ditch it. Corey, while I've got you, I'd be most remiss if I didn't ask about something we didn't get to discuss last week, and that is Donald Trump's pathetic and silly immunity uh, plea, uh, the immunity <laughs> goal he had. It, it, it does seem like he's just throwing everything at the wall, and he's paying lawyers to delay the inevitable as long as he can until he loses in November and has to face the music anyway. But, I mean, from what we saw today with the, the case against Fonnie Willis falling apart, and then what we saw last week with his claims of presidential immunity from prosecution because what the founders always wanted a king back in this country i mean it just it just seems like i don't think you were surprised that his attempts to achieve immunity fell by the wayside well you know i certainly think they should fall fail but i i don't put anything past the supreme court i i don't think he'll prevail at the supreme court on this 
issue. I think that they'll say, you know, he's not a sitting president and that these weren't official acts uh, after he was president by stealing the records or by um, uh, committing, uh, you know, basically participating in an insurrection. Uh, I don't see those as official acts, but that is the question before the court is, is, is a president immune from criminal prosecution for official acts? He'll get some votes. Uh, Alito, for instance, I think might say that it might be so extreme that, that he'll include these as official acts. There's a case called Fitzgerald that I think we've talked about before in a, a civil immunity case where about Nixon, where the court talked about official acts being immune. And I do think they'll extend that to the criminal case. I don't think they have five votes, thankfully, for that. But right. let me just be clear. They do have five votes for another thing, which is that if he wins, I have no doubt in my mind at all that there are five votes for the idea that sitting presidents are immune from prosecution and therefore immune really? from ongoing trials. And on this court? That's on this so court? Oh, absolutely. There are five votes. And, you know, we could count them up. We've seen. Let's do, yeah. Well, Gors- Gors- Gorsuch, Thomas Alito, definitely. Kavanaugh, yep. I'm guessing. Yeah. And then who's your fifth? Amy yep. Coney or, uh, or Roberts? Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. I think that Roberts will go along with it because he doesn't want to. Five four decision, so I think it'd be six three, and I think sitting presidents. You know, let's remember too the the policy of the Department of Justice right now is that sitting presidents are immune. So that would itself create a major complication for Jack Smith, and that so, they would uh, possibly, from the own internal policy of the Department of Justice, might bar the, the ongoing prosecution. And that's ridiculous, but it dates back to Nixon, and it also was the policy of Clinton. Um, administration when they faced off with Ken Starr. That's the policy that they wound up endorsing. So they'll so they'll rebuff Donald Trump's attempts. Yeah, they'll they'll say, okay, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna reject your claims of immunity, but then we're going to enshrine your claims of immunity, essentially right. making it legal for Joe well, Biden to have Donald Trump assassinated if he wants, and to assassinate anybody <laughs> who impeaches him, because a president can't break the law, a president can't be removed. They want a ruler, Corey. They don't want to live in a representative democracy. They want a strongman. Yes. I mean, I really think it's that extreme that this uh, idea, which is sometimes called the unitary executive, but it's really the unitary executive on crack is, is the right way to describe it. It's gone so extreme uh, that, that, yeah, there, I think there are certainly six votes for the idea that sitting presidents cannot be prosecuted or tried. And that means that you have to wait until they're no longer in office. And when you consider that's four years for this criminal president and what would be a criminal presidency again, we'd be in real trouble for those four years. That little immunity argument is one of the paths to, uh, I hate to say it, but to dictatorship. Professor Brett Snyder, it's always a pleasure to have you here. I always feel much smarter, even when I feel scared and need to be held. What is the best way for our <laughs> listeners, sir, to follow you and to keep up with all your doings? Uh, you could check out my uh, book uh, coming out in July, time for the 4th, July 2nd, The Presidents and the People, available at the W.W. W. Norton site or Amazon, uh, or you could even order it now at your local bookstore. Right on. I can't wait to read it, Corey. I'm looking forward to getting a signed copy, and, uh, and uh, I'll make Chris pay for it. Thank you so much, Professor, for joining <laughs> us. It's always a pleasure. Have a great evening. Thanks, John. Take care. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. And we're taking your calls all night tonight at 866-997-4748. This is Progress.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We are at 866-997-4748. Everything's crazy tonight. I got cats crawling on my console. The only thing that can make this more of a madhouse would be to be joined right now by the rude pundit. Lee Papa is the political blogger known as the RP. He has tens of thousands of weekly readers. He's a regular guest on the Stephanie Miller Show. You can support him and get more content on Patreon under, the, us- Patreon under the username Rude Pundit. Lee, it's great to have you back. How are you? I'm 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 fine. I actually I was fine until I just started reading threads and saw that uh that the Indiana courts are letting the uh the anti-trans legislation go into effect there um preventing everything including uh hormonal therapy and uh for uh for for teens that are trying to that want that are trans teens yeah. As well as a part of the law that can that if you are for aiding and abetting helping teens get treatment, um, that can also cause uh, that can also cause someone to be arrested. So that came through just before going on the air. I know. And this is the same state as Mike Pence. This is the same state that passed the religious freedom law less Mm -hmm. than a decade ago, which meant the freedom to pretend Jesus hates the same minorities as you. They've got a real hard-on in the beautiful state of Indiana for pretending Jesus hates the same people they do, and then using that to legislate against these tax-paying citizens whose taxes fund the very roads and grid the state rests upon. It's really disgusting. It's always disgusting to see the majority legislating against a vulnerable minority, but it's infuriating to me because it's always, always a blasphemous distortion of a religion that none of these Republicans follow. And I just want to correct you on one thing there. Uh, you said you said beautiful Indiana. Indiana yes. is not. No, there's no. a lot of beauty in Indiana. A lot. Of I lived I lived there for seven years. I will tell you. No, especially this time of year, this time of year in Indiana, this time of year, because I want to shit on Indiana this time of year in Indiana. It is 
because the crops are down and the sky is always gray. So it's gray sky meeting gray dirt on the ground. I lived on a working corn farm in Indiana. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Say something nice about John Mellencamp? I'll do it if you want. But, I, you well, know, it's- you know, you know, when you get really far down south and you're starting to get the Kentucky part of Indiana, it does get pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. But- well, yeah, I, I'm. I want to say I'm. I'm. I'm shocked, but I'm not. I mean, transgender Americans are the vulnerable, marginalized population. We've decided it's okay to beat up on this generation. Yeah. I mean, it, it was still undocumented immigrants, and it's kind of the two yeah. Muslims. They're okay. Gay people, gay people who want to get married. That's so 2004. No, yeah. now it's it's migrants and trans children and trans adults. That's it. There's, it seems like right wing Christians every decade find a new group they can persecute to prove how not Christian they are. And and the thing is, is that especially when it comes to LGBTQ people is they're always like like this is like the last gasp is them trying to legislate things out of existence before something becomes widely accepted. You know, there was the entire, you know, shitting themselves panic over the Obergfell decision legalizing same sex marriage. And, you know, with all the things like what's next, you know, you can marry your horse or whatever. Yeah, and exactly. and, you know, none of that ever happened all that happened is that you had to buy more shitty wedding presents for people but they still did it ben carson ben carson who's a doctor came out and said that letting gay americans tax-paying gay american consenting adults marry who they love yeah. would lead to bestiality we're still yeah. hearing this lee and and if you think that letting tax-paying american adults marry who they love leads to bestiality you're not a Christian. You're a dude who thinks a little too much about bestiality. That's it. We know yeah. it's on your hard drive. And, you know, um, the libs of TikTok today, which, you know, fuck the her. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, she posted something today where one of her somebody associated with her or her called up the uh, trans youth, uh, uh, this trans youth uh, help network and pretended to be a 13 year old in Tennessee seeking care for being trans. And they made this and and she made this big deal about, oh, you know, and and the 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 director of this trans youth organization actually offered her help and told her what she could do while she was, you know, waiting to turn 18. It was like, yeah, because that's what people do when someone reaches out to, to help for help. That's it. And, and they made it into this horror, like it was something horror, horrifying the, the, that she offered to send. Uh, it was a it was it was a young, a young girl that uh, she was supposedly a young girl that wanted to be a trans man. And uh, and so the they offered to the woman that's the director of the program offered to send her chest binding. Try um, to be kind. Try to do right. what you would do and, in a sincere situation. Exactly. And 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 it just caused this huge uproar on Twitter uh, with all of these right wing trolls coming out and saying it's disgusting. People should be arrested, blah, blah, blah. And I think they're going to fucking acorn this organization that actually helps trans youth survive. Yeah, because once you dehumanize uh, uh, a people and convince yourself they're not human, like call them illegals. 
instead yeah. of refugees. Yeah. You know, use words like infestation, vermin. Then our German friends have shown us just a few generations ago that it's very, very easy to get ordinary people to commit atrocities once they believe it's not that atrocious because you're not really doing it technically to people. I mean, right. what I meant by people, I mean frozen embryos. You know, you understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Frozen embryos. Uh, you know, we should we should all have to carry around a frozen embryo with us just to make sure it stays safe. You know, they, <laughs> we should all be assigned a frozen embryo like you would get an egg in class to carry around. That's all that would be. It would be that experiment. Carry an egg around and make sure you don't break it. We're going to take some calls shortly, Lee, but I, I want to ask you about uh, the Michigan primary tonight. Yeah. Uh, the polls are closed. We know Biden's won. We know Trump's won. But there's two big questions, the first of which is, did Trump still lose 40 percent of his own party? Because after South Carolina, Lee, if Joe Biden had only won 59 percent of the vote, they'd be demanding he drop out. When Donald oh, yeah. Trump only gets 59 percent of the vote, they are talking about his commanding win over Nikki Haley. But yeah. I think tonight what's more telling and it'll get more scrutiny tomorrow. And personally, I find it more interesting is this last minute campaign in Michigan amongst Democrats calling for a protest vote to pressure Joe Biden to demand a ceasefire in the Israel Hamas war by voting uncommitted. And it shows how precarious his electoral prospects could be in a state he absolutely has to win. And it shows what the cost could be of the administration's current position on the Gaza conflict, because, as you know, only 30,000 civilians have been killed so far. They could do a lot more. What's your take, Lee? I mean, obviously, I share the frustration wanting to tell our Muslim brothers and sisters, y'all think you'll do better with Trump? Trump will bring out pom poms for the slaughter. Uh, of Palestinians, and he'll ban Muslims from coming to the country. At the same time, this is just the primary. It's not binding. They're sending a message, and I kind of respect what they're doing. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say I respect the I respect doing that um, because there wasn't all that was at stake was sending a message. Um, and so, and I think it's like something like a hundred thousand people. They think it might be as high as one hundred and fifty thousand people yep. voted. Uh, you know, uh, for what was it for? Uh, no one. Uncommitted. uncommitted. Yeah. Yeah. Uncommitted. And that was much higher. They they thought they thought it would be bad if they if they got 20,000 uh, votes for uncommitted. And so, no, I think it does send a clear message as and we've talked about this before, as it does for the youth vote, you know, for the Gen Z vote that is also very much concerned about what's going on in Gaza. And, uh, you know, I think that there then there are these this traditional knee jerk automatic support Israel and everything approach that Democrats and Republicans have always had, but it's facing this new generation and a larger and energized Muslim population in this country um, that hasn't had to confront this before, uh, that the the, the politicians haven't had to confront that before. And so- uh, and so I think that maybe this will have an effect. Maybe they'll get s- at least stronger in their language in uh, talking about the, the 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 massacre that is ongoing in Gaza. And, you know, and again, to say that does not mean that you support Hamas. It just means Correct. you support children not being slaughtered. Thank you very much. We have to mention every time, and I'm happy to mention every time, Hamas are Nazi terrorists and no one likes them and they're bad. And Netanyahu's campaign of slaughter is only to keep Netanyahu out of jail and in a job because it's not making Israel safer. So uh, now that we've said that, you know, I, I the U.S. Census doesn't keep track 
of Arab Americans. They estimate there's about 2 million, but a lot of folks think that's uh, more than like 4 million Arab Americans living in the country. And schools hardly ever allow students to choose their racial identity as Arab American on information forms. So this is a, a segment of Americans who feel that they're not just underrepresented, that they're unheard and unseen. And, you know, in 2020, Uncommitted got over 19,000 votes in the Michigan Democratic presidential primary. It's it's happened before. In 2008, Obama wasn't on the ballot and it was 40 percent voted for non-committed. I I, I kind of feel like I understand what Gretchen Whitmer is saying. She's co-chair of Biden's reelection. She was warning this could help Trump. But, Lee, my question to you is, couldn't a large protest vote against Joe Biden in Michigan tonight help the Biden re-election campaign, if it gets him to demand a ceasefire, yeah, uh, yeah. which which is backed by a majority of Democrats in Michigan, couldn't this be like a little stumble that makes Biden a much stronger candidate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think it's for. It is it is it is a brushback from the plate. You know, it is a uh, it, it is, you know, you need to check yourself here on this issue. And uh, and it's not just that. It's that it's that a majority of Democrats um, are very strongly support a ceasefire. I, yeah. you know, I think that, I, I, you know, that's something that's got to be taken into account, though, the. the and and I don't you know I I come from the from the school of thought that's like the majority of Nikki Haley voters are going to vote for Trump, you know I don't I'm not in this camp that's saying that you know that, that I think that they can say now they don't want Trump but they're going to vote for Trump I think the majority of these voters in Michigan are going to vote for Biden, but there's always you know but that's that's not saying that there might not be enough to throw Michigan to Trump. Um, Yeah. And there are Republicans, Lee, there are Republicans, I'd say at least a quarter of them who still won't vote for Trump. I mean, that's why Joe Biden won the presidency. But Democrats lost a lot of down ballot races because a lot of folks who are Republican voted Biden and then went R straight down. And that's going to happen again. There are just there are some Republicans who actually go to church and don't buy this. And a lot of them live in states like New York, but some of them live in swing states, too. But I I don't think it's going to be, you know, that 40 percent. It's not going to be 40 percent of Republicans are going to are going to say are going to say, you know what, I'm either sitting out or voting for Biden. But were you surprised to see Trump rejected by 40 percent of Republicans in South Carolina? 40 percent. And he's the incumbent. I understand. But I just don't want to make a bigger deal of that than than I think it is. He what did he get? 40 percent of the vote last time because there were more people running, of course. But in uh, in 2016, I mean, um, uh, when he was first running, you know, I I, it's 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 not I think that there's a lot. It's sort of like it's sort of like, you know, seeing Ron DeSantis come out against him strongly at the end there and then immediately turn around and endorse him. Yeah, it's true. But again, I said this earlier in the show, if Joe Biden only got 59 percent, people would freak out. Oh yeah, no, I and I, and I and I agree with you, and I think that you know I I I I I I hate to say this, but I also respect what Nikki Haley is doing, and I love that Nikki Haley is staying in there. Going, this guy might get convicted and thrown in prison, or look at him, he might stroke out at any point on stage. She's right. Um, and 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 you know, I don't think that that would guarantee her the nomination by any stretch. I think they would immediately go, "Oh, come on back, Ron DeSantis. Everything's forgiven." Because Maybe, of, but she'll have delegates racked up, and the Koch brothers that, are already willing to give her money. Think, is and she I also, 
I, I think I think she's got a better chance of beating Joe Biden than Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis would. Oh, totally, totally. I absolutely agree. But, you know, how much racism and sexism would the GOP have to overcome to shift from Donald Trump to Nikki Haley? You'd have all of those you'd have all of those MAGA freaks lose their minds, their fucking little minds over the idea that somebody who insulted their orange godhead so, so completely uh, right. would dare to be their nominee. They would flip the fuck out. And they would, They'd be, stay and home. They would be. They'd stay egged home. On. They would be egged on by Steve Bannon and, you know, all those fucking, you know, monsters on the right. I mean, I think there's people who are only voting because they like Trump. And if he's not on the right. ballot, there's lots of folks who won't bother to come on down from the mountain and vote. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. Well, we we know we know that there are many people that just they like the racism and they like the cruelty, and that's you know, and that's why Trump's their guy. So you think I'm making too much out of this? Then I mean, th- th- this this says to me that there's no area where Trump is a stronger candidate today than he was in 2020. He's the leader of the party. He's as close to an incumbent running for re-election as they've had in 20 years, and he lost 40 percent of the vote in the reddest of the red states. I mean, I, I'm I'm still a little shocked by it. And I'm quite frankly impressed by uh, that enough Republicans aren't falling for the cult. At least they're I, wrong I, I, and not evil and wrong. But I, I agree with you that it is it, it, it should more should be made of that. But <laughs> I, again, I think at the end of the day, all these people, I mean, look at how many people declared they would never support Trump and are now, you know, just more. Oh, you're right. Know, they're just fucking ass remoras, you know, just just <laughs> sucking on to him and, and floating along wherever he goes, making sure they keep his ass clean so that he's palatable enough for everybody else to, to, to vote for. How do you think Joe Biden's doing? Did you watch him on Seth Meyers? Joe, Joe Biden's fine. Jesus Christ. Joe Biden talks a little slower. Yeah, but he's hold- old. So what? He's yeah, old. What? Yeah, I mean, my God. He talks slowly, but he finishes a fucking comprehensive sentence. You know, he can yes. speak in paragraphs. He doesn't he's not in the middle of a sentence. And then immediately his brain leaps to something that, you know, some synapse misfired and led him to or, nope. you know, some 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 flashback to something from his youth or whatever, or, <laughs> or something catches his eye in the corner. It's it's it's, you know, yeah, he's slow. He's he's slower. He's old, but he's also smart as hell. He is uh, he's got a handle on the issues like any as good as any president I've ever seen. You know, Mm -hmm. let it let the age thing. Let it go. Let I mean. They're not going to let it go. But I I think what I'm predicting is by the summer, there'll be such a backlash against the ageism because Donald Trump's going to be racking up convictions. Donald Trump's not going to become more coherent. And you're right. I mean, Joe Biden on his worst day can still master subject, action, verb, direct object. There's a sentence. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you know, though. Trump hasn't been seen eating ice cream on a cone. Did I love that story. That yeah, I saw it. Yeah, he did. A, he was doing a shoot with Seth Meyers and they were somewhere shooting and Biden just was having an ice cream cone. And they while he was Van, waiting, they were at the Go Van ahead. Leeuwen. It's right there in Rockefeller Center. The, the, yeah. the Van Leeuwen ice cream. I've, I have gotten ice cream there after a Radio City music hall show. Now um, I know why the streets were all closed down because our studio is across from Radio City and we were there yesterday. Yeah, oh, Biden was just go. hanging out doing a shoot. He was doing a shoot and made small talk 
And someone filmed the small talk and they made it seem like Biden, they were saying, who gets ice cream all by himself? What kind of 80-year-old man gets ice cream all alone? Like, that's well, the best you can do? He, he wasn't, was but that's what they were saying. But he that's the best the, they can do. But, you know, and I'm sitting there going, I'd like to get ice cream by myself. I, you know what? That's one of the good things about being a grown-up. If I want to fucking go get ice cream, I can go get ice cream. Yeah. I agree. Look, I mean, falling inflation and a great labor market are going to speak a lot louder than anything Donald Trump can mumble on a on a. And on a what's speech. making that market so good? What's making that market so good? Immigrants. Immigrants. Yep. Immigrants. You read the yep. you read the Times? Yes, I did. I mean, yep. And it's true. I keep comparing it, Lee. I love this. I keep comparing this to what's happening in Japan right now. Aging population, an island. No immigration. Their economy is slowing down. They were the number two economy in the world. They've dropped to fourth now because they are not getting new people. Our economy keeps growing because of all the immigrants we're getting. And this is the part where I've got to remind people that legal and undocumented immigrants commit crimes at a lower rate than natural born Americans like you and me. Let me let me let me throw something else in there. Germany was facing the same kind of thing as Japan. And what did Angela Merkel do? She said. Syrian Syrian uh, refugees that 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 need a place to go. Come on in. We need you. Um, And and it has and it has saved the German economy. Yeah, I mean, numbers don't lie. It works. Let let me play a a quick clip of uh, of Joe Biden, if I could. Uh, Do we have Biden with Seth Meyers on his age? It's a funny one. Welcome back to Late Night. We're here with President Joe Biden. Um, You mentioned some classified materials, some uh, documents recently leaked, some classified documents. And this isn't a gotcha show, but I do want to ask about it, that says you are currently 81 years old. Who the hell told you that? Yeah. (laughs) That's classified. That's classified. All jokes aside, according to recent polling, this is a real concern for American voters. How do you address that concern going forward as you come up to the 2024 election? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you got to take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't even remember his wife's name. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's sharp. He's got a sense of humor. And when Biden is relaxed, yeah, he's old and talks slow, but he's in command of it. I thought it was a great appearance and it was a smart appearance. Exactly the kind of campaign appearance he should be doing. Exactly the kind of appearance Trump is not capable of doing. No, no. And that's and the other thing is, is, is. He didn't stick to the same scripted lines. I'm sure his lines, you know, a lot of those lines were were, were scripted for him. Carnage to the border, carnage to the border. <laughs> yeah, same. Every fucking interview Trump does, he says the same goddamn things over and over. He sticks to the one stump speech that he that that he knows to riff off of, and that's it. Biden can sit there and have a human conversation with you, and that's what I think he needs to do more. Is to show he's chill, grand. He's chill, chill, grandpa. Maybe he's totally chill, agree. great grandpa. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, that's all he's got to say. I'm old. But he's nuts, you know. Yeah. I'm old, but he's old at a lying rapist. I mean, it, it writes rapist. itself. And that's yeah. the thing that stuns me more than the forty percent thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing that stuns me more is, is is I'm sitting there going every day, like how are they? How is a rapist being treated this way by the press? And how is a rapist going to be the the nominee of one of the two parties? I it it. it blows my mind that that this is not the one thing all the time i think rolling stone finally has every every time they mention trump they say a rapist this happened fantastic 
It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, but again, uh, I, I mean, it's it's not a huge surprise. But in, in fairness, he's also a rapist who's now a shoe salesman. Do you think he could be as successful a shoe salesman as he was a hat salesman? Because, you know, hat selling is really the only business he's had that hasn't gone belly up in some way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, think I mean, reality TV and brand licensing worked for a while, but not anymore. No, no, no. He'll be as successful at that as he was at stakes and universities. Lee, Papa, you are a beautiful man. It is a pleasure having you here all the time. Thank you for putting up with our technical difficulties. What is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you, Root Pundit, and keep up with all your doings? You can uh, follow me on Patreon, patreon.com slash rudepundit, where you can subscribe for more rude content. You can get the blog once a week uh, for free at rudepundit.blogspot.com. I've got something up there on the uh, the IVF decision out of out of Alabama and uh, Leto's uh, concurrence in, where he said where he essentially said that, you know, we should have more laws that 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 allow religious people to be bigots. Yeah, so, isn't that great? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Beautiful. Yeah. More laws that allow religious people to violate the tenets of their own religion. Lee Papa, exactly. you are the best at what you do. Thank you so much for joining us. We got to hit a quick break. This is Sirius XM. Don't go away. We're at 866-997-4748. Now the time has come to welcome back Keith Price, comedian, actor, writer, radio star. Keith was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM. He co-anchored the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutQ. Boy, those were the days. I love that channel. Be sure to catch his wonderful Broadway-focused Instagram, Keith Price's Curtain Call Comedy Daddy. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, Daddy? How you been? It's great to see you. You know, I, I want I, I love the OutQ channel. I really, really did. I was like a straight boy that y'all invited on all the time. And it was just such a Aww. smart, fun place to go for, you know, what I thought Insight Channel was going to be, a place where you could really mix culture and politics uh, it, it, and, you know, health, nutrition, psychology, whatever, all in the same mm-hmm. way. It was just a, a real party over there. And you were great. With, it was really, with, really a pleasure. With the gay twist. Yes. <laughs> all with the gay twist. <laughs> Hey, listen, I wanted to ask Keith, you know what? You're you're yes, you're black, doing. right? You're black. Yes. And that means that you like Donald Trump because he's been <laughs> indicted 91 times. And the average black man, I, I guess, has also been indicted 91 times. And as yes, you know, Keith, yes. any black man who'd been indicted 91 times would be allowed to go out and walk in public and insult his uh, his attorneys and his uh, judges all the time. Of course they would. I, I don't understand what... What people are saying that that couldn't possibly be happening. <laughs> the racist stuff. Can I just tell that, you the, the 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 way that the non-racists aren't don't consider this racist is what keeps it funny for me. I think so too. It's like what's so sad again <laughs> is that it's more of the same. It's like you can just watch the floundering continue on and on. It's like he's grasping for such straws. And the thing is, is that it, it feels as if he's just trying anything now, just to say anything, to see what kinds of responses he can get from Americans. And I think at some point we just have to kind of just listen, look at him and roll our eyes like we would it's like, child, please, you need to stop. You need to stop trying to involve us. And I think one of this one of these kinds of moments for him is is that it helps bring a little bit more um i guess how do you say it separates the black 
vote a little bit more because what happens is because now the black people are infighting against each other going, you know, because there are some black people that are, you know, modeling the, the tennis shoes. You know what I'm saying? There's some black <laughs> folks that are still talking about still talking about why they love them some Donald Trump anyway. You know, and and we are st- and the thing is is that they're not black to women, more Keith. Of- not black not black women. Well, well black women are not playing, honey. Black no, women are not no. playing. Black women but are not Three with three percent, three in last like three percent in twenty twenty of black women were supporting Donald Trump, and and two of those were Diamond and Silk. You know that, right? Like three, the margin of error was four percent, and three percent of black women supported Trump. But guys, Hello? guys of all colors fall for macho guy bullshit. Exactly, because they themselves are weak and can't think for themselves. Um, you. you know, that's just the truth. That's, you know, shade or no shade. It's the truth. It's like, because if you could think for yourself, honestly, and you could really objectively and critically think about what you're looking at and seeing, you cannot tell me that what you're seeing makes sense to you. You just right. can't. You just, you cannot do that. So the mere fact that you can, you know, they could wax on about all of this stuff. Like, you know, we're, we're all about pro-life. So we're going to stop people from being able to, you know, to freeze embryos and do, you know what I mean? It's uh, like, uh, it's like, you people have lost your effing minds. But and, can I tell you what, what, the, what got me crazy about that? Keith, not to interrupt. I'm so sorry, but, but he no, wasn't I'm, saying that to black people. He wasn't, no. he wasn't saying it that he was talking past the black people to his base to indicate to them what he always does. It's okay. I have a black friend, so nothing I say is racist. Don't feel bad. And, uh, and, and create the illusion that African-American voters are on his side so everyone on the MAGA train feels better about the casual racism of the MAGA train. Exactly. Exactly. And so we're just propagating more stupidity. <laughs> it's just, well, we're good at that. You know, I, we're good at that. But you know what's so funny? is like I feel as if I, that people have already made their decision of what they're going to do in November. And so the the lack of response, I think that it's that people are expecting, you know, they expect these bigger responses to these, you know, more ridiculous things that come out of these people's mouths. I think because they're not seeing that or they're not hearing that they're assuming that people are just going to lie down and not recognizing that they're just lying in the cut and just waiting because they know that now what they're seeing and what they're hearing is a lot of BS. And they also know what the choice is. They know what, what will happen if this idiot is allowed to be president again. And I think that they are, they are just tired. You know, I, I am tired of turning on the news every day and seeing something about Donald Trump being said or what he said or what he's attempting to say or what, you know, what he's saying that people aren't letting him say, you know, I, I get so tired of that that it, it is fatiguing. It, it fatigues me to Definitely. listen to anything else about him. But the thing is, is that I know come November what needs to happen. So, you know, I'll sit around and let them talk and carry on and you know, go back and forth. But I know that come November, this is what needs to happen. So or, you know, become whatever day early voting is. That's the day that this needs to happen. And that's what that's I'm right. going to respond to from this day forward. It's just a matter of I love it. It's just a matter of the fact that 
we all, I think people are all just so tired and fatigued. It's like, you know, either put this man in jail already or let's stop talking about all of his indictments. You know, it's You're like exactly right. so far he's what, two, two, two out of four trials. He's already lost big time between E.G. Oh, Carroll. The, and, the, the four big and ones then, haven't started yet, Keith. The four big ones right. haven't started. He's lost. He's lo- of, the, of the three little ones, one was dismissed. He mm-hmm. lost two. The four big ones haven't begun. Uh, Alvin Bragg's New York case begins March 25th, and he can't change the so, date. Yeah, and see, so, so that means that if if this this process of bankrupting him isn't going to stop him, then maybe actual threats to his life in terms of his freedom might change yeah. something. I don't know. I mean, but if he's lost his money through these these moments with Eugene Carroll and and. The uh the New York State case with Letitia. That's right, my girl. Half a billion. Tish, half honey. a billion. Mm-hmm. Honey, oh, she's, right, you can't Tish. have her. She's mine. She's mine. She's mine. I am going to be her white chocolate for days, Keith. No way. I, I, that her, woman. I just want to hang out with her and Kiki about how much shade Donald Trump must have been throwing at her with his eyes because he dare not speak oh, when they were in the no room idea. together. She's amazing. You no, know, she think... was just standing there going, I wish a motherfucker would open his mouth. Open, Say something stupid so I can get I you right now. Can you I tell you something? Waiting, waiting. She, fo- she follows me on Twitter and like I have to fight the urge to slide into her DMs all the time just to ask her oh, to come on the radio work. show. Come on the radio show. I like, <laughs> you can't do that. She's the attorney general. I can't do it. But like, oh man, she's mighty. Oh, she's fabulous, honey. Yeah. She is fabulous. And you know what else about her? Uh, unlike Merrick Garland, she is a uh, is uh, an attorney general who, on the national level, would go after corrupt people who try to overthrow our government she would not hold back i have complete faith in letitia james as a national attorney general who will hold the powerful to account because it's kind of refreshing to finally witness that a little bit in our lifetime yes well i mean you know and that's the thing between her and fonnie willis Funny Wills, they're not, these people don't understand. They're messing with black women that got the truth on their side and they got enough sass and enough uh, sassafras to stand up to them and their foolishness <laughs> and not be afraid to, and not be afraid to read them. Cause I'm yeah. telling you, the clips of funny and in, in that, that trial where they're, they're talking to her all out of, all out of pocket and she's clapping back and they, and the clapping back in a way that they can't object. She's just speaking the truth. She's like, these are lies here. This is what, let me show you what your lies are. She was just <laughs> handing it to them. I loved all of that. Are you kidding? Me too. So it's Me like, too. that's like I said back then that Merrick Garland should have been kicked out and Letitia should have been named, uh, attorney general for this, the country. Cause I'm telling you, that's what we need as an oh, attorney I agree. general. I agree. That's what I we mean, need. Now, second Biden term. That's on my wish list. Uh, let me go to the phones mm-hmm. for a sec. We're at 866-997-4748. We'd love to hear from you guys. By you guys, I mean people like uh, Sean in California on line one. Sean, welcome and thank you for waiting on hold. You're on progress hey, with Sean. Keith Price. Brother, comedy daddy. You are on. Hey. Hey, I'm telling you. you. You know, my thing. My thing here is you tell me if I'm wrong or what I'm talking about, you know, with this in vitro fertilization, right? With Republicans are so paranoid. You know what they don't like is planned birth. They love forcing (laughs) birth. They love to get all up in your business. The same thing they want to get up in everyone's business. Why are they all up in your business? 
my business, comedy daddy. You don't have to be straight or whatever. It doesn't matter. People want to have a child and bring them into this world. That's what I want. I yeah. want people that right. want to bring someone into this world and do their best to guide them through all this craziness. That's it. That's it. Not some scared teenager at a prom carrying Uncle <laughs> Joe's baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I went there. <laughs> But I mean, that's Hello. that's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at. And you, if you want to have a child, have one. If you don't want to have a child and you're pregnant and it's the choice that you would like to make to not have that child, do what you got to do for you. Because again, well, we don't need we don't need any more serial killers in the world because you. some unloved some unloved child came through the process because, you know, these crazy yeah. ass conservatives forcing some poor girl to have a baby because they gonna uh, have yeah, a baby thank you i like like nobody's pro-abortion right no one's pro well the government oh, no. of china the government of china is pro-abortion they will make you have an abortion <laughs> right we are and i have this fight with liz winston all the time because she says i'm pro-abortion I'm like no you're not you're pro-women doing what they want with their own bodies that's not pro-abortion you're that's as pro-birth as you are but that but, to me is know, more pro-life than anything truthfully yeah absolutely Hello. but like but also, it's about pro not punishing poor women with greater poverty. It's about trying to create a culture where every baby that is brought into this world, especially the males, are loved and able mm -hmm. to properly be cared for. And finally, it's about not giving the government the power to force women to be pregnant against their will by a rapist. We've learned, and I'm going to talk about this every night until beyond Election Day, that in the 14 states that have gotten rid of Roe v. Wade, that got rid of abortion rights since the Dobbs ruling, there have been over 66,000 women who have become pregnant by rape in 14 states. 26,000 in Texas alone. 66,000 women, American taxpaying citizens, because of Donald Trump, they are forced by the state to be pregnant against their will by a rapist. I don't Absolutely. think Joe Biden needs to run on anything more than that. And that's all Democrats need think. to talk about. You hey, brother, think. one last thing. Yeah. One last thing. I'll tell you what. You know what? Um, you know, women, the thing that is, is it really scares the hell out of extremist Republicans, maggots, all of them, is a woman doesn't need a man anymore they can do in vitro fertilization yeah, right. that's what they hate they hate that because they want to take point. they want to dominate women so yeah. anyway that's my two that's, cents that's a great point right on man thank you so I, much i say i so see that take yeah. care my friend i so see that that just, women's be that thinking too much to... keith women's be thinking exactly. too much having too much of that agency <laughs> there that they heard How about. How dare they? How dare they? Who told you about this agency How business? How dare they? Let me go to Dylan in New Mexico. Thank you so much for waiting on hold. You're on progress. Yo, yo, John Keats. Hey, man, I wanted to say that these um, these embryos are non-binary. So what are the uh, right-wing conservatives going to do about that? How, how are they going to give them a name or social security? That's really true. What's it going to be? Gonna, What's going to happen? What kind of pronouns? What kind of pronouns are you going to impose on these embryos here? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's my it's, favorite it's, new debate. What, what the hell are we going to do? 
with all these with all of these embryo, embryos, what are we going to do with them? I mean, you know, again, can they all be my dependents? Can I just take out insurance policies on all of them? Can I write them all off on my taxes? Like, there's so much we can do here. They've been warning us for years this was going to happen. I mean, they've been warning us, and now it's finally happened. And, and they're doing it under, uh, they, they said it's a violation of Alabama's wrongful death of a minor act. So they're, they're <laughs> like, like, sorry. and again, I'm so he, sorry. It, you know why you can freeze an embryo, but you can't freeze a baby? Do you know the scientific reason for that? Because yeah, an embryo is not a baby. Actual. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 21st Thank you. century. And what happens when you take the embryo out of a freezer? You know what happens? They die. So uh, they can, they're yeah. not, there's not an organism that can live on its own. It's not an organ. You know, I, I just, I, again, I get exhausted. I'm just exhausting. It's like, I don't understand how, you know, the world in which we live, where they seem, should have been more critical thinkers than they are, to mm. uh, keep a le- allowing this shit to continue to fester and grow right. within our system. Like this, like this stuff needs to just have been cut out from the jump. You know, it's like, you people are fucking crazy. Period. There's no discussion about whether or not we should have this conversation. Their conversation is, you are fucking stupid. And I'm sorry if that offends you. I'm sorry if that makes you feel really well. But pick up a fucking book, read a newspaper, (laughs) go talk to your neighbor, go talk to the neighbor that doesn't look like you. Do something to get yourself involved in this real world upon which the rest of us are living and stop living in some biblical nightmare that you've created created for yourself thinking that you're going to wind up going to heaven with all this ridiculous behavior that you're doing that's you know what i'm saying shut the fuck up with all this now like <laughs> it's time for people to just like that's why i love me some take us to church Crockett. take us to church Amen. honey Amen. jasmine crockett she jasmine got me crockett. all oh yeah yeah I, out, I'm, honey. I'm actually going to leave tish james for jasmine crockett she's she's my next one she's, dylan i'm sorry she don't play <laughs> yeah go ahead dylan i'm sorry dylan Oh no, no, no! I'm just, I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying. But yeah. I wanted to also mention that you know the the way the Republicans are able to get these uh, these rules in place is because they keep on challenging the court, and we got to have that same mentality. We have to have every single person from Alabama that who has embryos to file them on their taxes. Just do it. That's just it. Do just it. do it. Just freaking do it. Just say that's, they're, they're, well, that's you said it. they're humans. Just, just all do the it. progress, all the pro- all the most of the progress and pushback we're getting against MAGA is from citizens having lawsuits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, exactly. you know, against Rudy Giuliani, the Georgia election workers or Eugene Carroll. I mean, people who aren't waiting for attorneys general to come and they're just going to the courts and doing it themselves. I love these people who, who were so mm-hmm. disgusted by what Ron DeSantis is doing, getting books taken off the shelves. They had the Bible and the dictionary taken off the shelf in Florida, in Florida. Take action <laughs> into your own hands, nonviolently and legally in creative and entertaining ways. It's a great way to save democracy. Yeah. Exactly. Put them in their place. You got to put them in their place to say, okay, you guys want to make this a law? You want to say that these embryos are humans? And I'm going to count them as humans. Insurance, I'm going to get, and I'm getting a bunch of frozen embryos. I'm going to freeze them all and store them in Alabama and declare them all as my dependents and make bank. Yep. Yeah, you're going to get your special movie. And see how long it. The... Right on. Um, Go ahead, Keith. Hey, thanks, my... guys. Thank you, Dylan. What's up, Keith? By, and by doing that, let's see how long 
the conversation is because you know from the other side the pushback will be oh you're just being ridiculous and it's like really really you calling these things human beings you are going to call me ridiculous because now i want to claim dependency upon them using the law and the government and the tax system upon which you are so thrilled about fuck you you know what i mean just love it just i just i'm so tired john you know what it is I'm, i'm exhausted trying to make sense of it that's what's happening for me i'm exhausted and recognizing that I know I'm not the only person thinking these things, and I know that I'm not the only person that has an, op- an opportunity to make some small change someplace, somewhere. I know yes. that, but overall, these people are exhausting me, and I, you know, and I can't play the Christian turn the other cheek card or the the um, well. You just let them, you know. We we're allowed to just have both sides. It's like, yeah, we were allowed to have both sides when both sides were able to have a conversation. Both sides are not able to have conversations now. So since the other people want to yell and be stupid, then we need to we need to like yell and remind them that their their stupidity is not going to be accepted. Like you either come to the table ready to have a discussion that's truthful, smart, based in some sort of reality, or you got to get away from the fucking table. Like I'm tired Ooh. of it. Marjorie Taylor Green, get away from the table. Get you away. Know what? Let me let me play this quick clip. I I, I want you to hear this. This is uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, Jake's uh. clip A one from earlier today. When he 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 calls it out. He says the whole Roe v. Wade overturned by MAGA is directly the cause of this IVF ruling in Alabama. Give a listen. Republicans who have spent decades packing our courts with hard right judges, and who have called for national abortion bans deserve zero benefit of the doubt now that the consequences of their agenda are sinking in and even spreading. The shameful state of women's health care and women's health care freedoms is a product, a direct product of hard-right Republican agenda, which too many other Republicans have gone along with lock, stock, and barrel. Republicans own what happened in Alabama. Republicans own the disasters that emanate from Roe v. Wade. And Democrats are absolutely committed to doing everything, everything we can to protect women, families, reproductive freedom. Republicans will learn when it comes to attacks on personal freedoms, the American people do not easily forget. Schumer's not lying, and he makes Biden look young and hip. <laughs> but you know what? what? What is he saying that is not already being said? That's yeah. the thing to me. He's he's not saying anything new, and the thing for the problem that I well, have, it's, it's it's not honestly, being said by it's not being said by one of the major political parties. That's the point. It's not being said by sure. the entire Republican Party, right? But why is it that we're waiting for this to be the thing that flips it? It's like you right. know, I, I feel like when we had conversations about voting rights, you know, years a couple of years ago, that's the time when we should have been angry because you know what, that was an energy that was spent by the other side to keep people from getting access to the thing that they could change all of those other people's behaviors. And that's the reason why they're doing that. And so, you know, thanks Chuck for recognizing that women are having a real hard time now, but you know what, you guys have had a lot of time to really stick it to them or, or, or make an effort to show them that you're not putting up with the stupidness and you haven't done it until now. 
And I mean, granted, I guess better late than fucking never. However, when you had the opportunity to be much more forceful and much more in control of what's going on, you chose to just let the other side have their way. Boom. Let the other side be heard. Boom. Let okay. the other side. You did all of that. And now look yeah. at where we are right now. So well, my it's, thing it's is. It's their job is to, to be civil. It's their job to be civil. It's our job to throw bombs. But you know what, Keith? I, I, I'm so moved by <laughs> I'm so moved by everything you just said. You know what I'm you know what I'm gonna get you for Christmas? You know what I'm gonna get you what? for a Christmas present? Hakeem well, Jeffries is the next speaker of the house. Hakeem Jeffries is the next oh. speaker of the house. That's what you got for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. Oh my you god. Get, that would you be get a, a Hakeem Jeffries and you get a Hakeem. Oh no, everyone's mm-hmm. that gavel is going to fly through the air on its own into his hand like it's Thor's hammer. Honey, and then and then watch all of these MAGA people lose their ish. Like it's <laughs> gonna be really it's gonna be real interesting. Because again, can you imagine Hakeem Jeffries being the speaker of the house? while Marjorie Taylor Greene and them still keep talking smack? Are you fucking kidding me? Can you imagine the way they're going to try and do racist code talk about Hakeem Jeffries that they think is subtle and the rest of us are going to be, like, shocked by? They're not going to be able to They're not. They couldn't keep their mouth shut under Obama. They all had to reveal what they were really made of under Obama. And Hakeem Jeffries, who's, Mm -hmm. let's just say he's a bit more... uh, Serving up the red meat to the base that Obama ever was. I mean, Hakeem Jeffries. Thank he'll, you very much. He he'll cut play, a bitch. Honey. He'll cut a bitch. Yeah. He Let's will, go back to the phones. Cut. He's from. Where's he from? Brooklyn or something? He's like yeah, he's from around here. He goes hard. He Charles in he Miami. Are you with us? Charles on line nine. You're on with the great Keith Price. Welcome, sir. How are you tonight? What's going on? You had me all the way on number nine. You were on number nine the whole night. Yes, that the, that's that that's where you were on the grid. All right, that's cool. That's cool. How how you guys doing, Steve? Happy to talk to you. Hey, hey, um, Keith, um, I, there is someone that I really love. Um, he's in the house right now, but I'm willing to tell you right now, he can take Chuck Schumer's spot in the next go round, and I mean it. I'm going to be politicking for Dan Goldman. I oh, love him, love him. But he's a prosecutor. He's a no nonsense type of person, and and after. Um, Chuck Schumer, after all of these years dealing with a corporate Democrat, who will go along with everything, you know, that um, that Mitch McConnell was was dishing out, and like you said, they never. Mm-hmm. To me, it was never a real fight. But mm-hmm. try that with Dan Goldman, and and uh, and I've, I've said it too many times before. John to knows it. You know, yeah, okay, well, great, because the next time we have a leadership, um, you know, vote and vote in the Senate. I'll be all on these radio stations. I don't know if I'll well, make it. No, no, no. Hang on. But Dan Goldman's in the house. My Dan Goldman's in the house. It my friend, matter. you're saying you, you want him to you it, want him to primary Chuck Schumer or challenge Chuck Schumer? I want Chuck Schumer just to walk away. Okay. Well, that'll happen at some point. But, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I'm down with the primary. We have um, Hochul should still be there, so she can replace him with another Democrat. Look at you. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it's like this. After watching what these Republicans have done with Russia and and, um, and Trump since 2016, you can't tell me that these people haven't, you know, have not subverted the law just to stay in power. Yeah. With, with, yes, with, with another maniacal... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm agreeing agree with you. Say it, baby. With another maniacal power, you know, I mean... Just as, as evil as these Republicans was from 
Ronald Reagan, George Bush. They, you know, these are all the same people. They all have all yep. the same interests. Right now, I'm yep. watching. I'm watching the BBC, and I'm looking at these farmers in in um, in Poland, and I'm, and and and, and uh, if you go in, in the France, all of these people are right wingers. Yeah. And just because you know um, Ukraine is going through what they're going through, and they have to get their grain sold, you know these, these farmers are protesting them and Amen. throwing out their, you know, destroying their crop. But the worst thing is, you know, it's like all these right wingers, man. They 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 in for they in for our blood right now, and I can't see another go around with Chuck Schumer. I can't. I can't. I think. hear you. I know, but the the thing about Schumer, the thing about Schumer, though, you understand, Charles, because he is so ingrained, and he's been such a player for so long. He's not going to leave till he wants to leave. He's one of those guys that can just be an iceberg in the Senate for as many terms as he wants. He's got the infrastructure, mm-hmm. he's got the support, he's got the fundraising apparatus. I would love to see Dan Goldman as a senator from the state of New York, and we got two. We'll we'll see which one is available first. Mm-hmm. Now to toot my own horn, but if you go back in the tapes, I was the one that was saying we can't have another Nancy Pelosi. We need someone of color to run in the house. That's right. I mean, to leave the house. So I'm. But it, but now we're going to have it. They freaked out over a woman speaker, and they're going to freak out over a black man speaker from Brooklyn. They're going to lose it. Oh, you mean a Jewish? Another? <laughs> no, I'm talking about. And you know, Hakeem. and if she stays in the house long enough to earn the kind of cred that a Nancy Pelosi has. Jasmine Crockett will be the next one of the next speakers of the House to look forward oh, to because she, oh, God, 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 she God. would be amazing. Oh, oh her. I want to do a I, I want a cross country drive with you and Jasmine Crockett and, and uh, y'all oh. can pick the music. I just want to be in that car. Hey, Charles, She's thank you girl. so, so much. Oh, you're welcome, man. Y'all have a good one. I didn't get a chance to say what I want to say, but thank you. Well, no, say it really quick. Say it really quick. I'll, go ahead. The floor is yours. Take a take a tight 30. Tell us. Well, when I called in, um, you know, uh, oh man, I forgot it. Oh lord, you were going to talk about the GOP strategy. The GOP strategy. Oh, oh, the G- Okay, yeah. See, um, what they do is seem like they just keep piling, piling, piling stuff on, and um, the next thing you know, we're all depressed, or we don't even because of this um this Alabama ruling. It's like we've forgotten all about Dobbs in a way, because they just keep piling the stuff on. Because they know no matter what, they're going to depress us as voters. And, um, you know, it's just like they're sick, man. They, you know, and they want to bring us down with us, bring us down with them because they lost the fucking last election. That's, That's what I was it. bullshit about. Because I'm going to fucking Now, I am so glad you stayed on the share that with us. Charles, you're a gentleman. <laughs> Thank you so much. I wish I could vote for you. So, Keith, what is the best Aww. way for our evil army of the night to follow you? Oh, hey, now you can find me at uh, Comedy Daddy over on the Twitter and Keith Price Comic for everything else. I have an, another interview that's being posted that I did with this fabulous actress, Celicia Thomas, who I worked with this past summer in the Britney Spears show, and we talk about all that fabulous stuff. So that's available now on Spotify and all those different places that all those things are connected to. And again, theater goers, if you are in New York City between now and the end of this weekend, Sunday, you must get to City Center and see 
Jelly's Last Jam with my other work husband, Nicholas Christopher. Nicholas Christopher is also a standby for Sweeney Todd, as well as oh. the character Pirelli. He plays Pirelli and Sweeney Todd. And this oh. guy is amazing. And when you see him do those two things and then turn around and do Jelly's Last Jam, forget about a city center. And that has Billy Porter, Leslie Uggams, and Joaquina Kalakingo. Kalakongo. It is just the most... If I say true black excellence in theater, when you think that it took 10 days for them to put together what I saw just this past Sunday night, if you realize that it took them 10 days to do that, imagine what's going to happen when they have a full time to do a full out rehearsal and get everything else that they need. Right on. It was genius. Genius. Jelly's genius. Last so Jam at you, City Center. And that's a great place. I've never seen theater there, but I've seen concerts there in the ballet. That's the ballet house. It's a beautiful room. It's huge, huge space, yeah. huge theater. I ushered there once for Alvin Ailey and it's huge. Oh, nice. That place is huge. Uh, I want to play one last clip. We've been playing clips tonight of Joe Biden on the Seth Meyers show, and I want to play A10. This is Biden with Seth Meyers on the strong economy, and he says there's still more that needs to be done from last night on NBC. We're now in a position where we have the strongest economy of any major nation in the world, number one. We've got a way to go yet. Inflation is down 880,000 manufacturing jobs. You know, we have uh, 14 million new jobs. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been for the longest time. We're building wealth for people. But it really, we have to do more. First thing I have to do is stop it from being turned around. For example, you said you talked about the border didn't pass. Well, guess what? We're going to pass that border. It's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly supported by Republicans and Democrats in the House and Senate. There we go. Let's go for our last call tonight. We got time for Bill in New Jersey on line two. Bill, thank you for hanging in there waiting. You're on with Keith. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. We've only hey, got about hey. a minute. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I spent most of the night talking about human caviar, which is what it all is. But I was going to say that you got to be careful between genocide and war crimes. Israel okay. is not committing genocide. And you're right. Committing well, war not crimes. yet. They're not. Not yet they're not, but 30,000 is well, a start. But you're got, right, they're committing war crimes, and they're committing mass slaughter of civilians. Just like, yeah, just yeah, just like Russia's committing war crimes, just like we did during World War II when we firebombed cities and dropped a yeah. bomb on Hiroshima. And yeah. uh, it, we weren't committing genocide, we were just being stupid. And at, what point does mass civili- at what point does mass civilian slaughter become genocide? Yeah, well, it's like... Um, or ethnic cleansing. ...to have freedom. You need uh, war crimes to have genocide. Okay. I'll write that down. I'll keep it in mind for my future reference in the weeks to come. Chris Rush. Yes. Remember I mentioned it last time? Did you look him up? I'm afraid I didn't. Tell me. He was a a big deal comedian. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, George Carlin promoted him and everything. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I remember Chris Rush. Right, his his first album with uh, Sister uh, John Damien's Virgin School, where every girl okay. graduates with a uh, diploma and three extra uh, hymens. And on that note, let's bring it wow. all back home. Thank you so much. I've got my extra <laughs> hymens, and they go. I, I, you know what I do? I, I 
wrap them around all my forever plastics in my body. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests tonight. Professor Corey Brett Schneider, the Root Pundit, and the great Keith Price. Tomorrow night, Bob Seska's back, the God Squad's back, and Dr. Tracy Pearson is back. I want to thank Thea Harper for being the best damn boss in the world. I want to thank Jake Getz for filling in tonight on the boards. I want to thank Dr. Phil for giving us a very, very interesting town hall taping today that's already making headlines. I'm John Fugelson. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. <laughs>